Welcome to Making Sense of Medicine. Here you can learn about what's going on in your body and an effective way to make your pain go away. I'm Bob Keller. My patients call me Dr. Bob, but I'm not a medical doctor. My field is medical massage therapy, managing your pain without drugs, surgery, needles, or cracking. Today I'd like to talk about your shoulders and one of the many things that can go wrong with them, specifically your rotator cuff. So what is the rotator cuff? Your shoulder joint is the most versatile joint in your body. You can swing your arm high and low and back and forth. You can throw a ball or a punch and you can grip an amazing amount of weight against your body. You can also give somebody the elbow. Now, if you reach across your body and feel behind your opposite shoulder, you can feel a flattish bone with a ridge at the top. This is your shoulder blade, or technically, your scapula. Just at the outside top corner of your scapula is a small, shallow socket, kind of like the head of a golf tee. You can't really feel the socket because stuffed into it is the top of your upper arm bone, which is shaped like a golf ball. And that's your shoulder joint. A golf ball on a tee. The problem is that it's unstable because, as in golf, the ball is much bigger than the tee. So you have seven muscles that hold the ball in place, and four of those muscles make the shoulder movements possible, and they're called the rotator cuff. The names of these four muscles are not important to remember, but I'm going to tell you anyway. And I'm doing this so that if you hear one of them in conversation, you can sound very knowledgeable by saying, Oh, isn't that part of the rotator cuff? So here you go. They're called supraspinatus, infraspinatus, subscapularis, and teres minor. Okay, end of technical gibberish. So what's most likely to happen are tears in the rotator cuff muscles, or their tendons. These tears can happen gradually as a result of repetitive stress, especially with overhead movements such as pitching or forceful pulling. They may happen suddenly as a result of a fall or other shoulder trauma. They can be partial or the tendon can be completely severed from its attachment. And alas, age is a factor. Most rotator cuff tears happen to people over 40. So I interviewed Richard, one of my rotator cuff patients, and this is what he said about the cause and effect of his pain. They were about 30 pounds more on the machine than I usually use. And I said, well, I can do that. And no, I couldn't. And I tore my uh, rotator cuff and my shoulder and couldn't, couldn't raise my arm. And I'm a hairstylist. For the first time, I had to stop work in about 15 years uh, for three weeks. And at the end of the three weeks, it was even worse. Very many of us have rotator cuff tears, but no pain. In that case, you do nothing medically, and the tears will heal themselves. In Richard's case, however, there was a lot of pain. Ended up at the doctor's, and uh, he said, you know, probably should do uh, some type of surgery, but um, there were no guarantees, so I didn't want to do that. In many cases, as with Richard, the tears are bad enough that surgery is advised. You and your doctor need to negotiate this. These days, rotator cuff surgery is day surgery and is almost always done arthroscopically. This means that instead of making large incisions, the surgeon makes four or five small incisions through which are inserted a tiny camera, the arthroscope, 
and the tiny tools needed to repair the tears. You'll get general anesthesia, which wears off before you go home, and you'll also get a nerve block, which renders your entire arm almost paralyzed. This can take 36 hours to wear off. Recovery is a real nuisance and takes weeks to complete. Richard decided this wasn't for him and got some other advice from his doctor. He said, well, you're just going to have to live with it and, you know, maybe have to think about retiring. And I didn't want to see that now, so I was on, uh, you know, some drugs uh, just to get through my day. Finally, one of his hair clients suggested a good alternative to drugs. And someone mentioned Bob. I said, she said, Richard, you know, you, you need to do this. Come on. Yeah, first, first session, we, we spent uh, trying to identify, as I do with, uh, with all patients, what the nerve root is in the spine that's actually causing the pain or the numbness or the inability to move whatever the joint is. Uh, and then using some fairly simple and gentle muscle movements, uh, we uh, did the first treatment. Richard had been some weeks since he had that injury, and there was some healing. And so the injury healed itself, at least partially, but the pain didn't go away. And my business is to get rid of the pain. If he's got a torn rotator cuff, he's probably still got it. But my goal is to take away the pain, to re-educate the nervous system so that it realizes that the pain is no longer necessary. Pain is important right at the beginning because it tells you something's wrong. But once it's outlasted its usefulness, it becomes part of the problem. In Richard's case, medical massage was the right answer. The first morning that I came, I came first thing in the morning before work, and uh, I was in a lot of pain. And I thought, well, I'm not going to take the ibuprofen. I'm just going to really give this a, a shot. And it hurt a little bit. But when he was through with the uh, whatever he does, really, um, I felt less pain right away. And uh, I said, oh, this is great. And he said, well, you, you know, you need to come a few more times. And... Um, I'd like to see you three times during the week. That's what I did, and um, I, I was really amazed with the results. It varies. It varies quite a bit. When some people, well, with Richard, uh, he was uh, did have pain relief after the first session, but as I said, this is a re-education process, and we need to reinforce that lesson. Some people are perfect after one session. I never see him again. Average three or four sessions. Mm -hmm. Some it may be six. There's some a few people. I'm sorry to say, I can't help. Then there's prevention. First and foremost, keep the rotator cuff muscles strong and stretched. Most people tend to strengthen the muscles in the front of the chest, shoulder, and arm, ignoring the ones in the back. It's equally important to strengthen the rotator cuff muscles. In addition, avoid sudden or forceful movements such as lifting heavy objects or catching falling objects, or in sports where sudden moves, forceful contact, or falls are likely. If you must do repetitive activities involving your shoulders, take frequent breaks and use ice for 20 minutes a couple of times a day. Here's my general suggestion to Richard. And one thing that uh, he said to me that was really important is, Richard, and, and this is so simple, but he said, don't do anything that hurts. So, uh, you know, I'm a weightlifter, so no pain, no gain. I'm a guy, right? Mm -hmm. And um, that made so much sense to me. He said, I said, well, it hurts when I do this and it hurts when I do this. He said, well, don't do it. You know, and, and stop, stop doing it and, and see if you can just change your position vis-a-vis uh, -vis your computer or, you know, how you're doing here. You know, try to hold your arms down, uh, come up, bring the client up a little higher, you know, you go down a little lower. Things like that that, again, I, I hadn't thought of. And um, so that's been my mantra. 
Don't do anything that hurts. Richard is not an unusual situation, and it was pleasing to see him respond so quickly and so completely. I have no pain. I'm in front of you now. No, I have taken no medication, really, since the first time I saw him, and um, I'm pain-free. Thank you for listening. If you're having shoulder or neck pain, whether it's rotator cuff or something else, please give me a call. Area code 978-4866-465-5111. There's no obligation, and we'll talk about making your pain just a memory. And visit my website at seacoastmedicalmassage.com.